Welcome back to the Line Podcast. My name is Aaron Alexander. This is a place that we bring together the world's leading experts in all things health and wellness to help you optimize your mind, body, and movement. Today's conversation is a somewhat of a master class on what the heck are ketones? What are exogenous ketones? Uh, what is MCT oil? What does it mean to be metabolically flexible and a lot more? Uh, I think this conversation is quite enlightening. There is a lot of information out there around nutrition and performance and energy systems in the body and what's the best and what's the worst. And I think it can be daunting. And the intention of this conversation was to simplify all that information and present it to you today. So our guest is Michael Brandt. Michael Brandt is a brilliant mind in the realm of ketosis and ketones. He is the founder of a company referred to as HVMN, which I would say they're kind of they spearheaded the movement around exogenous ketones. If there's anyone to talk to about this, it would be Michael. I heard him originally on Ben Greenfield's podcast. The conversation was very interesting and I wanted to go deep with him here today. Uh, I want to thank you guys for leaving us reviews on Apple Podcasts or Spotify or wherever you listen to this. I'm going to read one from Ethan Maurice. Ethan Maurice, I'm just reading the, the top part. He says, a physio-philosophic smorgasbord from a dude who gets having a body. Aaron Alexander and his line podcast are among my favorite things to be found on the internet. And then he goes on to suggest that he loved the Bobby Klein episode and the Stephen Pressfield episode. And it's kind of a longer review, so I'm not going to read the whole thing. But thank you, Ethan Maurice. Thank you all so much. We also, BTW, we have a YouTube channel that we post content on probably about five days a week. There's about 20,000 subscribers on there now. That's exclusive content around fitness, movement, and uh, mobility, some mindfulness stuff on there as well. Also, the video version of this podcast. So check that out as well. Jump over to the YouTubes and I hope you guys devour this conversation. I appreciate you subscribing, sharing, doing you. Let's get to it with my guy, Michael Brandt. Yeah. So my, my intention with this conversation in, in part was I'd, I'd mentioned before is that I think it'd be great to make like a, like a ketones and ketosis masterclass for dummies, i.e. me. Uh, and go. so, so starting off like baseline, what is a, a ketone in the first place? Because I think if you probably asked 100 people that question, you might get a reasonable response from maybe like four to six people. Yeah. Uh, depending upon what room you're in. Yeah. If you're in just somewhere random place in New Jersey, you probably get a reasonable response from, you know, like 0.5. <laughs> so like, where do we start? Like, what is what is a ketone in the first place? Is it something that is... Yeah, where do we start let's start there. There's a few different ways to answer it. I'll start with the simplest, which is ketones are a source of energy that doesn't have sugar, doesn't have caffeine. It's a source of energy that feels nice. Going a level deeper, ketones are an energy substrate. So they have calories in them. When you look at the nutrition facts on the back of any, any food, it's going to have calories from protein, fat, and carbohydrates. Those are the three macronutrients. Ketones are interesting because they're none of those three, but they have calories. So it's a fourth macronutrient. That's what's so innovative and in head turning about ketones is that they contain calories but they don't fit the mold of the existing paradigm of the three fat, protein, and carbohydrate. And they have some interesting advantages mm. over those other three substrates. They get metabolized really efficiently. They require less oxygen to turn into cellular energy. So if people remember their high school biology class, the mitochondria, the power plant of the cell. And in your mitochondria, you make ATP. It's the energy currency of the cell. If people maybe remember a little bit there that your mitochondria is making energy that your cell can use to all the, do all the things that your 
cell does. If you have a muscle cell, that's doing muscle cell things. If you have a neuron brain cell, that's doing brain cell things. But all cells have mitochondria that is generating the energy needs of that cell. And the inputs into that are these substrates that we're talking about. It's fat, it's glucose, it's, and it's ketones. And ketones have these really interesting characteristics. Our bodies evolve the ability to produce its own ketones. So your ketones, in a sense, are this very new thing that we're talking about here, where we just brought it onto the market. We launched the world's first ketone drink a few years back. We launched V2 this year. It's a very modern thing. We do a lot of work with the DOD on cutting edge nutrition for special operators. But it's also this ancient thing. Because like for 300,000 years, your body makes has made ketones. Whenever you're low carb, your body makes ketones. There's this interesting characteristic of our brain where it can it cannot use fat. Your brain cannot use fat. Your muscle cells can use fat, but your brain cannot use fat. So if you're starving or you're endurance hunting and moving around a lot, if you're burning off your carbs, what are you going to do? Keel over and die? No. The human body has evolved this adaptation where it makes ketones from fat. So fat turns into ketones. And those ketones are what supply your brain with energy. That's always been true. The human body knows exactly what to do with ketones. It has been doing it for hundreds of thousands of years. And what's novel and interesting here is that we have a super efficient way to drink a ketone and immediately get that same ketone and all the good feelings and characteristics that come along with that we have it just in a bottle yeah and so that and and are they produced and the, the fundamental like biochemical breakdown in the body is it's these are compounds that are derived from the liver and is there is that correct and are, are there three main ones yeah acetone acetoacetate b-hydroxybutyrate yeah yeah you got it what is the difference between them what is that and why does it matter there's these three different ketones that are floating around. They're always interchanging between each other as part of how ketones turn into ATP in your mitochondria. The main ketone that everyone cares about is BHB. That's like the main driver. That is always converting into acetoacetate, ACAC. There's like this constantly like bouncing back and forth between it. And part of that conversion is what's part of what's creating energy. And then as a byproduct, you're making acetone which you which you exhale out it doesn't it doesn't do much but it's a byproduct so yeah there's technically there's these three ketone bodies but the ketone that everyone cares about like when you're drinking a ketone or when you're doing a finger prick to see oh am i in ketosis is my what are my blood ketone levels it's always blood bhb beta hydroxybutyrate that's that's the main one but yeah you're right that's actually pretty like 201 301 level question is like yeah there's there's and technically <laughs> if you double click on ketones there's a, there's a few different ones and what is the relationship? So, so ATP is, you know, commonly, I don't know, you could, you could call it like the energy currency of the body in a sense, yes. adenosine triphosphate, you go through these various different processes of replacing phosphate molecules. And in that process, you, you, you're creating energy for your body to be able to, to move and think and, and, you know, to go is, is our ketones directly involved in those processes or is it kind is there kind of and this i'm asking because i don't actually know is there some kind of differentiation in there or is or ketones kind of actually coming into the process of replacing phosphate molecules in the atp ketones are directly involved you you have one you have the krebs cycle like the the mm -hmm. krebs cycle is how your mitochondria works and how it creates atp and it can use different substrates and it's it gets very complicated very quickly because like like ketones can benefit if there's a little bit of carbs present. Like there's there's this interplay. It's it's you got to be careful not to just like insert one thing into one part of the system and assume that the rest of it's just gonna go. But 
basically having ketones present makes the entire cycle run more efficiently. And yeah, it's directly making that ATP. And they're able and they're able to cross the blood brain barrier. Whereas is that and that's something that differentiates ketones. And is that is that the thing that allows them to actually affect the brain in in ways that you're saying, you know, fats would wouldn't in the same way? Yeah, 100 percent. Ketones can cross the blood brain barrier, the BBB. And we like that because when you're in a tired state or even if you're in a normal state and you just want like super normal levels of energy, like above normal levels of energy, ketones cross the blood brain barrier. Sugar crosses the blood brain barrier too. glucose. That's why when you, if you eat a lot of sugar, you get kind of a, a head rush. It's also followed, you know, 90 minutes later by you get, you get the itis, you get tired, you get, you get sleepy because you're, what happens when you eat a lot of sugar is that your blood sugar spikes and then your body will release, your pancreas will release insulin because insulin is what processes that blood sugar. So your insulin will spike and will process all that sugar down. Your blood glucose will drop. And then you'll have this ambiently high insulin level. And when you have high insulin and low glucose, it sends a signal to your brain that you're hungry. And so then you get hungry again 90 minutes later. That's why it's like very hard to get off. It's the, when people talk about a sugar addiction, it's not a joke. It's like you actually, on a hormonal basis, get addicted to it. Ketones don't do that. Mm-hmm. Ketones get metabolized without insulin. So another key thing, if we're talking about insulin, is that having constantly high blood glucose and constantly spiking your insulin, that's that's textbook definition of type 2 diabetes. Like that is bad for you. And you develop that insulin resistance, like the insulin stops working. It's just like if you're listening to loud music all the time, like your ears will decay your ability to hear, like you will have noise induced hearing loss. It's the same with, it's the same with insulin. If you're constantly spiking your blood glucose, constantly spiking your insulin, it's going to stop working and you're going to have pre-diabetes and then you're going to have diabetes. And so an so ketones are interesting then as a alternate substrate that can let your, that can provide energy to all your muscles and your brains and everything without this need for insulin and yes ketones cross the blood brain barrier they they do what glucose does in that sense where like glucose is usually the main fuel for your brain but when you have low low blood glucose your body will start to try to make its own ketones or you can drink a ketone and then that circulating ketones will provide your neurons with energy and that's so that's something that's interesting is that that this is something that obviously our body naturally naturally creates ketones when we're going into a ketotic state, when we're, we're, we don't have access to, to carbs for some extended period, obviously that's fluctuating. Uh, but then the introduction of exogenous ketones, that's fairly new. I know that something I learned upon researching for this episode, DARPA yeah. had done operation metabolic dominance yeah. using ketones, which is, which is pretty interesting. So I'd love to unpack like what that is. Why is the military using this? Why do you guys have a contract with the military for something like $6 million or something like that? Uh, what, like, why do they, and I, I might be misspeaking about that, but I'd love to, to understand like, why do they care about this so much? You're right on the money about all that stuff that people have known about ketones for a hundred years. Again, the human body has been making ketones for 300,000 years. So it's like, did, did Columbus discover America or was it always there? We, modern science discovered ketones 100 years ago in the early 1900s. First applications of the ketogenic diet were that people were, kids were having seizures and that seizure, the seizures were caused by the brain's inability to do metabolism, that they were not properly metabolizing glucose. And when they put these kids on a ketogenic diet, they reduce instances of seizures. And this still happens to this day. There's groups like the Charlie Foundation, I was just at the metabolic health summit uh, where everyone's talking about ketones and 
in the brain and seizures and cancer and how ketones apply to all these different areas. The, er the first instances of application of ketones was this ketogenic diet in the early 1900s for, for seizure mitigation. Fast forward, a lot of science was developed over the, over the 20th century. The Krebs cycle was discovered and really articulated. And then in the early 21st century, DARPA, they, they asked like the kind of dumb question, the smart question, which is like, hey, ketones are cool. The ketogenic diet seems to recover cognitive ability in these interesting cases. What if you just drank a ketone? Like what if you just isolated a ketone and, and made that available the same way that, that you can do you know, with whey protein or other, other nutritional fundamentals? So DARPA in the early, in like early 2000s, 2003, they had this program called Operation Metabolic Dominance, which is pretty badass. I don't know who's in charge of that. It's a cool yeah. name. We actually had the- Yeah, it's great, 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 great brand. Yeah, we had the program manager from that. It's like, it's like, MK, it's like MK Ultra. Yes, yeah. Or do, they do they do a great job with their with their branding over there. Yeah, we had the program manager from DARPA in the early 2000s on our podcast, and he's a great guy, Joe Belitsky. And they 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 were working also with the NIH, and they they showed some really interesting stuff around ketones. Like they basically isolated ketone. They did some of the basic science on it to really understand, okay, like how how does this use oxygen? How does this play into the Krebs cycle? That's where they showed some of the basic science around how it. It uses less oxygen to metabolize than other substrates. It was, it was extremely expensive, and it was like it was like you can only make it in this like in like a one or two lab benches where like people really had this deep know how. It was twenty thousand dollars a drink, and it tasted like completely insane. It wasn't this like clean scaled process. It was like some dude named Bill like knows how to mix the right test tubes together and make it. Um, yeah, literally, literally tastes like gasoline. Yeah, yeah. We're right now today. Like, I don't want to. It doesn't. Not. I don't want to say it tastes like Fiji water or something. It's not bad. <laughs> your guys, your guys, the stuff you guys created. I'm, in, I'm impressed. Like, I actually am finding myself being like enjoying it mainly because I, I can, if I've deemed something is is like good for me in quotations, I can typically find a way for it to, to, to taste be palatable. Yeah. But yeah, it's not bad as far as all of the different ketone beverages that I've ever tried. Hands down, bar none. What is what is the product you guys have called the the ketone IQ? Yeah, ketone IQ. That's the stuff that I, that that I've been trying. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like it's it's impressive that you've been able to do that. Yeah, <laughs> I don't think that there's anything like that out there. I, no, thanks. I think that's that's been a lot of how we've a lot of our touch is that a lot of people were talking about ketones, right? Like Tim Ferriss was talking about ketones in like 2015, 16. Like Dom D'Agostino, Peter Atia, a lot of the kind of these goats in the biohacking space. I've been talking about ketones for a little while. And then when the keto diet was really trending hard and like uh, bulletproof coffee and all that was really taking off in 2015, 16, 17, my co-founder and I, we start, we basically pulled on that same thread. We were, we started asking that same question that DARPA had been asking, which is like, okay, if ketones are so cool, if people are drinking this absolutely like undrinkable $20,000 a dose stuff and talking about it on their podcast and everyone's trying to do the bulletproof coffee, like drink MCTs, drink grass-fed butter in your coffee, make your body make a ketone, like never eat carbs, like do all these things, jump through all these hoops to get your body to elevate its ketones. Okay, why can't I go to Whole Foods and buy a ketone then? Like I can buy collagen, I can buy CBD, I can buy all sorts of other primitives. Why can't I buy ketones? And it was, again, it was like, it was that dumb, smart question of like, why doesn't this exist? It's like, it's like what your fifth grade cousin would ask. Like, oh, like, how come you do all that stuff to get into ketosis? Like, why don't you just like, like, why isn't there an easier way? What is the difference between the the twenty thousand dollar shot of gasoline to the the 
the five dollar shot that you guys have, have formulated yeah it's a lot of different things a lot of economies of scale like we have been we've had the good fortune of fundraise really strongly and paint this picture to the investor community and get a lot of money behind so that we were able to jumpstart a lot of things and scale up manufacturing we have a lot of our community is awesome like people are just really into the product and when you have a active thriving community base you're able to bet into the future and do bigger production runs and get economies of scale we've also what what, what is the actual like structural difference is it is it a difference was one higher in acetone one higher in like i think your guys is pr is predominantly the 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 beta hydroxybutyrate yeah we we use making that up we use something called butane dial it's we use a chirally pure okay. butane dial so like very very pure it's all it's fda grass generally regarded as safe for food ingredient it's like we use a very pure form of what's called bdo and bdo converts on first pass into bhb so in like 10 minutes like as quick as a cup of coffee it's turning into circulating blood bhb and it turns one to one to bhb so all the all the bdo that you're having goes to bhb there's been different variants so in our first version that we launched in 2017 we actually launched with something that was like more complicated and like overly complicated it was like okay well what if we like esterify, esterify a few different types of ketones together it was like very fancy but it was it reminds me of like the eight track player compared to the cassette player or like beta max compared to vcr it's like we we almost started like too nerd ball on it like too complicated and it was like extremely it was still pretty it's still 30 dollars for a dose it was still like quite expensive it was better than twenty thousand dollars and we we sold a lot of it and that's part of how we broke into the the dod but the net of our work with the with the dod and just being on market for all these years has been let's deliver like the, the key metric that we care about is dollars per gram of ketone and palatability yeah. and that's what's brought us to where we are today i want to share about something that has absolutely knocked my socks off that is imbibing ketone esters particularly ketone iq so ketone bodies are these things that we create when we push ourselves to our metabolic limits they are essentially nature's super fuel and uh, they feel fantastic if you've ever been in a place where you've fasted for an extended period of time you start to have this really amazing brilliant clarity these really high levels of energy you just feel very light you feel very yourself you feel very clear and i was immensely surprised that just just by taking a few servings of ketone IQ, uh, I really did experience similar sensations of an extended fast, sensation of mental clarity, focus, um, and also really excellent sustained energy. So really good for going for a run or training or something of the sort. And that is why HVMN has an active $6 million contract with the US Special Operations Command, because this stuff works. Per mention, I'm a convert. I'm a believer i think this stuff is very interesting i really enjoy it i think you will like it as well and you can get yourself a 20 percent discount by going to ketone-iq.com and use promo code align20 that's ketone k-e-t-o-n-e dash iq.com and use promo code align20 for a 20 percent discount if you do not love this you can get your money back you've got nothing to lose i think this is absolutely worth investigating and uh, just seeing what your experience is my experience 
was uh, much more impressive than I was anticipating. So I hope you guys enjoy it. That's it. That's all. I'd like to take a moment to share something that I've been taking to make sure I'm covering all the bases with getting my greens. I've been taking Organifi's green juice for the last, it's been about three months, and I really love this stuff. Uh, it tastes absolutely delicious. It's like one of the best beverages you could possibly serve on a hot summer day. Throw some ice on there. It contains not only greens, but also adaptogenic mushrooms such as ashwagandha. It also has matcha green tea, so it's excellent for energy support, antioxidants, and genuinely being a refreshing beverage. So if you would like to get yourself a 20% discount on this or any other Organifi product, you can jump over to Organifi.com slash align. That's O-R-G-A-N-I-F-I.com slash align for 20% off. If you're not totally satisfied with your purchase, you can get your money back. I think you guys are gonna love the green juice. I hope you enjoy. That's it, that's all. Organifi.com slash align. How would one derive said ketone? Yeah. Is there some like acacia tree plant concoction thing out there that I could go and like do my own ketone tea um, that, type scenario? Okay. Or do I need a laboratory <laughs> or like how does how does one derive said ketone? There's there's so ketones do occur in nature, like other animals will have circulating ketones if you eat those it also is in very small amounts in some plants like mint has ketones in an avocado has ketones like i'm not, like small amounts it's not gonna like mm. get you into high ketosis it'd be an interesting project to like crossbreed an avocado until it's like a very high ketone kind of the way that we've we crossbred the wolves until we mm. ended up at like shibu inus like could we do that with avocados to, to make a high ketone avocado that's not how we make it though we are not deriving <laughs> it from avocado what we do is a amazing supply chain behind us and we do a fermentation based process where basically the cutting edge of biosynthesis is that you take genetically modified bacteria that are like intentionally made a certain way such that when they eat a feedstock when they, they can eat something really normal basic like sugar but and because of how they're engineered their output is the target molecule so this is done for all sorts of things they're all done for flavors and pharmaceuticals and a, a lot of biochem is done this way it's kind of the, the forward look on where where bio engineering is going so it's a advanced fermentation it's one like kind of dumb way to say it is like a very advanced kombucha factory like you interesting you can you take an input you have a certain type of bacteria and then this output is what you're trying to go in and uh, and i isolate and turn into a product ingredient is there is is there any um caveats for like is there is there any contraindications for a person that's like if they have fatty liver or if they have some type of you know, like should, would any person be a candidate to start experimenting with ketones and it would it be supportive to every person i would say if you have any kind of medical problematic history or anything like that if, especially if you're trying to use ketones to address it like talk to your doctor about it that includes yeah if you're pregnant or if you have fatty liver like yeah like go, talk to your doctor about it ingredient itself is is fda cleared it's like the same way as caffeine or i mean the same way as everything it was apple juice it's, it's a food ingredient so it's considered generally regarded as safe just for the population at large but yeah definitely if you have a specific consideration talk to your doctor about it um yeah i mean well, I, I think one of the m more bigger watch outs is if you, yeah, if you have if you're type one diabetic ketones in that world can be this bad thing because there's there's different kinds of diabetes right like type type 2 diabetes we talked about earlier it's that you eat too much sugar all the time and your body 
no longer responds to it, like the insulin that's supposed to solve it, like your body just doesn't listen to that insulin. You have developed too much insulin insensitivity. Type one diabetes is that your body like didn't doesn't make insulin to begin with. And so your body is not good at processing glucose. Your body is always, always making ketones. And that's bad. So like in type one diabetes, they consider like ketones are kind of this bad word because your body's like way, way over making it. It's you you're in this like ketoacidosis state. But we're talking like an order of magnitude more than what we're trying to do. Like for a performance context, for a cognitive context, we're trying to get you to like two millimole per liter. That's the, the unit of measurement, two millimole of ketones per liter of blood. Ketoacidosis, like and 10x that. Point? It's like it's like you want so, but yeah, if you're type one diabetic, diabetic, you probably know this already, but like, yeah, d like check with your doctor before going drinking a ketone. Yeah. And so, so what is it? Per, what, what are millimolars? What is a person typically that's walking around eating like a typical standard American diet? Where, do, where are they sitting in relation to that? And then also what is ketoacidosis? Typical American diet is you're at zero. Like I hate, okay. hate to say it, but yeah, you're, you're at zero because basically you have ambiently you're hyperglycemic. Like it's really, it, some of these stats you almost can't believe it's like 88% of Americans are metabolically unfit that people are walking in this around in like a chronic disease state. And it's it like sounds outrageous to say that, like it sounds like tinfoil hat conspiracy, but it's actually true that people are super metabolically unfit. Like the human body in our evolutionary context was never supposed to be having frosted flakes for breakfast and coke with lunch and some reese's peanut butter cups and kit kat bars to pick up the afternoon slump and then a bunch of whatever i don't know pizza for dinner and Bullshit. then some ice cream and some oreos like like the human body is like does not know wtf to do with this and this this context has only even existed for the past like 100 years people forget that like even i mean we, we talk about exogenous ketones like exogenous sugar has only existed for a few hundred years like we like it used to be hard to get sugar like you had to like there was no there's no pure sugar in nature there's berries and stuff maybe you have honey but you have to like climb up a tree and fight some bees like there's not like ta refined table sugar and that that's its own, own whole podcast we can do like that like refined sugar and people's addiction to it is what drove a lot of the slave trade and colonialization around that and like like human the human race just basically got like super addicted to sugar a few hundred years ago and hasn't stopped and it's like very bad and mm. anyway that sugar when when you have sugar present in your blood your body won't make ketones because that sugar will raise your blood insulin and insulin signals to your body to not make any ketones so ideally like our whole mission is like spend more time with elevated ketones we're not a keto diet company per se like i don't do a full strict ketogenic diet ketogenic diet is like you pendulum swing the exact other opposite way of the standard american diet and you don't eat any carbs and your body is always making ketones and some people feel amazing i think a lot of people feel amazing i think some people are like this is really tough like i want to eat a pizza sometimes our our main yeah. mission as a company is spend some amount of time with elevated ketones which you can do by eating lower carb, by exercising, doing something active every day, by you know having ke having a ketone drink is a tool in the toolkit among those other things where you want to be getting into like one millimole plus like on a on a more frequent basis a couple times a week through fasting, through exercise, through your low carb diet, and then yeah, having a tool, having a drinkable ketone is helpful there. But normal Americans at zero, and you want to spend more time at like zero point five, one point oh, like you want to be spending some time in actual ketosis. And then, and then the, the problematic realm of, of ketoacidosis, what can you define 
that just so we kind of have a, a, a working definition of all of these these terms yeah ketoacidosis is double digit ketone levels it's um it, it's definitely double digits i think it's like 20 15 20 oh, wow. millimole per liter so it's very high it's like runaway train and so when, when we're talking about in like a performance context we're talking about getting to like if you have two millimole per liter after a long workout if you're having your recovery drink and you also have ketones and you get your ketones up to one two millimole then that ketone will help your body to recover faster like so we're in that we're in that like band the like two millimole plus or minus ketoacidosis is, is like pretty serious and it's, it's more is i don't want to like scare people too much it's like it's very hard to get there with an exogenous ketones like if you drink this whole like this is 10 servings in this bottle like drink this whole bottle you would not get there and like you'd probably barf before you got there we say you're only supposed to have like three servings of this a day and uh yeah, ketoacidosis is more of this like specific niche thing for like type one diabetics. And and are are is there any potential risks with the kind of like the novelty of ingesting exogenous ketones as opposed to allowing your body to naturally endogenously produce them through just eating less carbohydrates? I would say both are good. Like you want to do both. Like you want to be. I'm a big marathon runner. Like so, I, I I'll do runs where I'm in a carb depleted state where like the entire purpose of the run is to get my body to create its own ketones because that's a really good training benefit to have on race day so your body can be metabolically flexible on on race day having a ketone drink is it's another tool on top of it so it's it's not meant to like replace like it still is good for your body to go through the process of making its own ketones so yeah, a ketone drink's not meant to replace that at the same time it's like your body knows exactly what to do when there are elevated ketones present. It's just like evolutionarily part of who we are. Like when you have more high ketone levels on a regular basis, like whether that's endogenous, your body is making them or exogenous because you're drinking it or, or both. Like when you have more routine, higher levels of ketones, your body will upregulate the enzymes that it needs to process those. So like to transport it into the mitochondria to like move it around the Krebs cycle, like your body knows because we've been doing it for 300,000 years outside of the last few hundred years. Like our body has been very good at being in ketosis and knowing what to do with the ketone. So it's just a substrate. I think that's mm -hmm. the one way to think about it is like, it's not a drug. It's not a, like in a way like caffeine is way weirder because caffeine, which, you know, billion cups of coffee or drink every day, like caffeine is this like outside substance. Our body doesn't make, it's a hormone blocker. It's blocking your adenosine, which is sending this healthy signal to your body of like when you should sleep or not and we're like habitually blocking that ketones are this substrate that kind of go wherever your body is needing energy right now and it's this efficient tool what is what is that what does that mean ketones are a substrate it means that for for a, like a like a like a dumb person yeah yeah me, again me 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 i don't think you're that dumb you say you're dumb but you're asking some, some great questions here well <laughs> yeah I'm, I'm in this topic i'm 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 shallow so, I'd, I'd love to to increase depth a, a sub a substrate is it has energy in it it is it goes wherever your body needs it so like we're talking about like okay drugs are very specific drugs do a thing like caffeine does a thing it blocks adenosine like ketamine does a thing mdma does a thing like like different therapeutic drugs for cancer for respiratory illness like different like drugs are very specific substrates can be used broadly your body will delegate them based on what your body is experiencing or, or needs so like like protein is a substrate it is a there's calories inside of 
protein. That's what defines a substrate is that it is caloric. It has energy as opposed to everything else. It's a, like a micronutrient or a steroid or things like that, that can interact with your body, but they're not carrying energy directly. Things that carry energy directly that have calories inside of them can be used very broadly. So when your body needs to recover, it will help your body recover. If you're thinking on a really hard problem and your and your brain is lit up, then the substrate will be pulled into that. If you're on a bike ride and you're burning a lot of fuel in your quadriceps, then substrates will get pulled into that. So substrates can be used very broadly, again, delegated to where where your body needs them based on what you're experiencing. Yeah. And then I think it's something that, that for the most part, when people think about ketones, they typically veer towards like, okay, it's good for aerobic activities. It's good for cognitive clarity. And there's interesting research around tra traumatic brain injuries. I wonder the other side of like, like, I guess maybe I was going to say restoration, which would probably fall into like the, the TBI territory, but could it also be utilized as a tool for, uh, for restoration of the body as well? Yeah, there was this really interesting study on ketones for recovery in cyclists. So there was this research group in Belgium, Peter Hespel's group, and they did a study around recovery where it was a three-week study. They had cyclists riding hard three times a day, and in the control group, they were having no ketones, and in the experimental group, they were they had ketones. They were allowed to eat whatever they wanted outside of that, so ad libitum. They were able to eat as much as they wanted outside of that. And in the ketone group, they saw significantly increased training load, that the people drinking ketones were able to recover better and do more training load over those three weeks. And at the time trial at the end, they were 5% faster. So this is really interesting. This is, this is meant to mimic a Tour de France type of scenario just like like day after day after day and anyone who's done any level of elite training you know the whole game is like you don't you don't become like great on one day it's it's like a savings account in your bank like you need you become great by doing it day after day after day after day so the ability to go pretty hard today and then recover and do it again tomorrow is that's even more interesting than like something that is boosting your performance on just race day like the ability to like routinely do it and pick it up and do it again and recover quickly and what they showed in this in, in that study in the belgian research group is that there was a increase in parasympathetic nervous system activity so people know like the sympathetic nervous system is your fight or flight it's your like high attention nervous system and parasympathetic is your rest and recovery part of your nervous system these kind of run counter to each other like it's it's an either or thing and sometimes when you overtrain your body is like stuck in this sympathetic mode it's just like okay i've been you pushed me really hard today like what's going on are we getting chased by a bear like you're just hyper alert hyper stressed hyper, hyper cortisol out all day and what you want to do to recover to be able to do it again the next day is you want to activate your parasympathetic system so in this in this study which is i i think one of the most interesting studies that's been done on ketones in a performance context they showed that ketones were increasing parasympathetic rest and recovery nervous system. So certain stress hormones were being blocked. One thing that was really interesting is that when you are overtraining and you're really stressed, sometimes those stress hormones are appetite suppressing. I don't know if you've experienced that. I, I definitely have as a marathoner and triathlete. When I'm like training a lot, lot like I, my body gets less hungry and it's like bad because you're supposed to be eating more. Yeah. That in this in this Belgian study, they showed that because, again, the participants were able to eat ad libitum as much as they want. And they showed it in the ketone group, people were eating more. So like that and and the specific stress hormone 
that elevates when you are overtraining that was suppressed in the ketone group and they were eating more and they had increased parasympathetic activity. So unpacking the mechanisms of action behind the high behind the headline here, which is that the ketone group was able to have 15% better training load, 15% more training load over that three weeks. So really interesting for recovery. Yeah, so I, I've heard ketones could be used as like an anxiolytic, like reducing anxiety and just like, again, like being more in that like sympathetic response mode. Why do you think that is exactly? Because there is that there is this interesting calming, not sedative, more just like you feel like kind of more whole in a way. You're like, oh. like what? What is? What are the the mechanisms behind that? I think that's really interesting. It's a, it is that parasympathetic activation. I think it's that. I think that it's that your body thinks that you are fasting. Like your body's like, okay, there's ketones around. And then your, bo- your body has some really interesting adaptations when it thinks that you're fasting, where it makes you like hyper efficient at recovery. It makes you kind of calm, cool, and mm. collective. Like you're not going to be, okay, I would not drink ketones to like run a 400 meter lap around the track, like PR or 800 meters, or even like anything like less than half hour, even anything less than an hour, like anything that's super like fast and intense ketones are like neutral or maybe even like, like negative for, but what ketones do help you do is to get into like flow state. So if you're on this like three hour bike ride, they can help you. Or if you're like jamming at your desk on whatever spreadsheets, emails, editing a podcast, like that's where ketones really shine. And it's that parasympathetic activation is that they kind of calm you down. A lot of people, when, when, one area that we're doing a lot of research on is around sleep, because it's, it's interesting. It's almost contradictory to be like, Hey, how can the same thing like help you at 11 AM to jam at work, but then at 11 PM, it helps me go to sleep. Like that seems like opposites, but the, the actual, the answer of what, what we think connects them is that flow state is actually, you're quieting your fight or flight response. You're actually relaxed and you're in the zone. And so you're able to do whatever it is you need to do at your at your job or read or whatever. Yeah, it's like you can process more information. You kind of come out of that reactive state. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it allows you to, to almost almost perceive more. I wonder in in, in the context of, of racing and things of the sort, like specifically, or just exercise training in general. My understanding is ketones do they reduce blood lactic acid levels? Is that something that I've that I've I've heard. Is that correct? Do you know anything about this? Blood, blood lactic acid levels. So yeah, lac- lactic acid is another substrate that a lot of people have. Is is been given a bad name because it is. It's always like present at the scene when you're feeling really sore. But it's the question of like, okay, is it the mm-hmm. the the thinking on lactic acid is evolving to where is it is it the one that is it what's actually causing the damage or is it actually a substrate that's beneficial of its own? Like, should we be actually drinking lactic acid as another exogenous substrate to help us out? I'm not sure how ketones exactly correlate to lactic acid. Well, that's fine. I, I, I ask because I, I wonder about stacking with other things. So like stacking with, with like sodium bicarbonate or stacking. I've heard stacking with caffeine can be supportive. I heard stacking with CBD can be supportive. Yeah, it's this you know, like like what's what's the what's the best cuz ketones by themselves would be I'd, I'd imagine different than taking ketones with protein or ketones with carbs or yeah. you know so as far as as how, how does how does one create like the ultimate 
ketone based stack I mean, not ketone based stack but the ultimate like nutritional stack to get the most out of said ketones and it pro i would i would presume considering it is a substrate the way you described it would differ depending upon like what your intentions are yeah yeah it's a it's an interesting stack on these different things where if you want to recover really well after a workout it seems like ketones improve muscle protein resynthesis so if you have a hard workout you you have your protein smoothie afterwards if you also have ketones it helps accelerate your body's processing of those of that protein drink so that goes back to like the recovery angle where stacking if your goal is recovery and you're working out and you're having protein after your workout stacking ketones on top of it accelerates that if we're talking about cbd or we're talking about caffeine those are more nootropic area like more psychoactive uh, i don't know if cbd is kind of on the, on the fence there but basically if there's something that's like that's increasing brain activity then it goes back to okay well there's this increase in brain activity there's an increased energy demand in the brain ketones are this really efficient substrate that can be available for that brain energy need and so it stacks really well it's like it, what i one way to think about it is like whatever your nootropic of choice is whether that's cbd or caffeine or plant-based this or that or adderall or whatever that like you're increasing a brain energy expenditure and where's that energy coming from like the adderall itself mm. doesn't have energy in it it's like inducing your brain to light up but that's also going to pull energy from somewhere and then having ketones mm. it's it's this nice stack with it so i, I don't think of ketones like they're not a drug, right? They're not a nootropic in that sense of like, they're not competing with another nootropic. It's more complimentary. Some people will use it to like swap out caffeine instead of caffeine. I'm going to have ketones in the afternoon. I don't want to have caffeine in the afternoon. Like some people will swap it. But I think what's even more interesting is stacking it with whatever it is that you already like. Yeah. Yeah. That's And that's an interesting thing as well, because if you're taking ketones exogenously or you're producing them endogenously, it's going to reduce your appetite and then in tandem with that a, a, a person's potential concern would be well i don't want to go into a catabolic state and start breaking down my hard-earned muscle tissue from all my deadlifts or bunch press or whatever you've done but then it's also supportive with protein synthesis and it's also supportive with glycogen uptake and so it's it's like facilitating the function of you actually maintaining a healthy structure while also reducing appetite which is kind of an interesting combination of, of features it's very special this stuff it's very it's very interesting as I, i'm i my historically my tendency is to have resistance around anything that's like I, it's just doesn't grow in the ground and doesn't just you know come you know naturally endogenously for the most part mm -hmm. but you know in this case it's like well technically you know if it's coming from these little bugs it's, it kind of does grow <laughs> in the ground in, in a way yeah it's is there like is there more or less or organic versions of procuring exogenous ketones like what's the best uh, yeah. uh, like objective sourcing for ketones for for the body I was, like it it is non-gmo like the ketone itself is, is non-gmo i know what you're saying it's like yeah you generally want to eat the way that your grandma ate and you, you want to be like, resistant to anything yeah. that's not i veer toward i veer towards that and i have suspicion towards anything else which can be to my own detriment and i also have interest in understanding and adopting kind of like okay like what can technology present you know and how can we start to integrate 
grandma's stew with some of the cool shit that we're creating as, as modern humans. Yeah, it's, it's really interesting. It's something I've, I've thought about a lot because I'm the same way. I like run, I go on runs barefoot. I do my deadlifts barefoot. I'm a very like down, like literally down to earth type of person on, on a lot of things. You really run barefoot for how, for how long and on what, what, what surfaces? Uh, so I wear Vibrams like to, to be totally, but it's pretty, okay. pretty damn close to barefoot. Uh, like with the, like with the little, little thing, little, little toe fingers sticking out or, or what kind? Yeah. The toe fingers is like, all it is is like a tiny wow, layer of rubber. Your toe finger guy. Yeah. Well, like I, yeah. I would run I've, barefoot except for, I'm not, I guess I'm not that hardcore yet. Maybe I should, you know what? F it. I'm going to go barefoot on my next run. I have this run that I always do in yeah, it's good vibes. by my, I live in Silver Lake and I live by the Griffith park. And I always do this like seven mile loop every morning. And it's pretty hilly. I, I do that in Vibrams half the time I use, I'll use like normal running shoes sometimes too. You go faster in normal running shoes, but you run with better form when you're barefoot or Vibrams. So F it. I oh, mean, yeah. I saw, it's yeah, funny. Yeah, I'm saying this because on my last run, I literally saw a rattlesnake. So I'm like, but whatever, we're going to go barefoot. I'm ready for it. Well, you're more in tune. I, I I would argue perhaps that you're more likely to not get jacked up by a rattlesnake if you're not wearing shoes because you're going to be dramatically more sensitive to how you're placing your feet. Yeah. So you're probably more likely if you're just clunking around on boots, you're more likely to just bump into nature That's... in a very clumsy fashion. And then suddenly nature like fights back. But if you're barefoot, your level of proprioception awareness goes up like i don't know a lot like a lot a lot you <laughs> have know? you have a lot your feet a lot, a your lot. feet are like your hands right you have twenty thousand nerve endings <laughs> i we should have been talking yeah. about this the whole time like i like i, I it seems like you, you're picking up what i'm putting well, down with the like barefoot well this well yeah. those are these are the these are the things that more i spend more time thinking about and researching things so yeah, I, yeah. I, I like i like on occasion to go into a place where i like i just don't know anything and i just i just want to learn <laughs> one one way one, so it's fun it's it's interesting because i think about, it's i'm not the guy that's like trying every random new thing just because it's new and it's technology like i've introspected a lot on this like okay ancient humans were a certain way like to what extent do we want to introduce new technology versus just do it the old way and it's like i think it requires some thought it's like i i let we're, we're on a we're on a Zoom call right now or a Riverside call right now. It's like the internet is, is amazing. Like there's there's certain applications of technology that are great that let us be what what our ancient versions of ourselves were, but accentuate that in some interesting ways. And there's also yeah. ways where it's where it's negative. So like one one way I think about it, like humans have we've always been applying technology to food. Like you could go and eat raw meat. Or some ancient human discovered, hey, if you cook the meat, yep. then I don't get sick as much. And also you're that cooking that applying that heat, it's basically pre-digesting the meat. It's helping to break down the meat already so that once you once you eat it, you spend you exert less calories on digesting it because you've already the heat of the fire has already helped to break it down. So you're spending less time digesting and you get more just direct nutrition. So it's like, okay, like cooked meat versus raw meat, arguably a good innovation, a good application of human technology to our nutrition. And it's like, like how far do you want to go down that thread? I would say like, there's still stuff going. Like I, I see what we're doing is like a continuation of that thread of like smart, correct application of technology to what we eat to improve better access to better quality nutrition. But yeah, it's like, I don't know, I saw something today. It was like a, it was like a water that's flavored like Jelly Belly flavored chocolate Jelly Belly flavored jelly beans. It's like, dude, 
do we need mm. that? Like that doesn't. We've gone, th- we've, go, we've gone too far. Yeah, it's like my grandma wasn't drinking that. So I don't know. I'm out here talking about ketones and like space age super fuel. Like let's get ketones on Mars and like yeah, we didn't even talk about how ketones can help with like radiation protection. If you if anyone's listening, traveling through outer space, like drink some ketones. Like we're, how do how do they help with radiation? How do they do that? Well, that basically ra- radiation creates more oxidative stress. Like if you're doing metabolism while there is radiation, that's that's bad. Uh, but if mm. you're but ketones create less oxidative stress, less reactive oxygen species when they're when they're being metabolized. So it's one of the things that you can do mm. to protect from radiation damage. And just subjectively, like even not in a when you're flying in a plane, you're exposed to more radiation. A lot of people feel better when they're drinking ketones and on a before during a flight. And then. And then another thing that you guys, your company is called HVMN, which I, um, I'm, I'm genuinely a fan. I really appreciate what you guys create. And one of the things that you create that I haven't tried is the, you guys create MCTs as well, right? Send you some. So what are MCTs? So we know medium chain triglycerides. We know they come, maybe some people know caprylic acid is I think a common kind of like standard source for them. We know that... You know, people in the the keto clan are really into it, which I personally have resistance around any form of dogmatism. So like the whole like, you know, when we're like we're team keto, I'm like, okay, great. Enjoy that. But, you know, I feel like there's there's probably a balanced conversation there where we can kind of gather bits from all the different clans. But MCT, what what do we need to know about MCT? MCT. Like, why does it? Why does it matter? Why is it even even, even like on the table? MCT is interesting. I, I wish that we had invented MCT. We we didn't. We have an amazing MCT. <laughs> I, we're much more trailblazing on ketones and cells. Um, MCTs and tra- MCTs kind of MCT was all the rage like five, six, seven years ago, and it's still it's still quite popular. But it really took off five, six, seven years ago with people like Bulletproof Coffee, Perfect Keto, like that that put it on the map in a big way. Where MCT is a form of fat that your body can really readily turn into ketones. So we were talking before about endogenous ketones. Like not all fats are the same. Like if you have some crazy seed oil, weird hyper-processed stuff, that's not going to be a healthy form of fat. If you have coconut oil, which is high in medium chain triglycerides, MCTs, your body can turn that into ketones quite readily. That's why MCTs have been interesting because for the whole bulletproof movement, it's like put grass-fed butter put and then really put mcts put coconut oil put mcts into your coffee so that your body's able to turn it into ketones what i would say to that is like that is cool like that is great like there's different types of mct go for the highest form like caprylic acid which is there's a few different types of mcts medium chain triglyceride can mean that the carbon chain on that triglyceride is six eight ten or twelve carbons long but the eight the c8 is like the most ketogenic it's the one that most readily turns into ketones. So that C8, also known as caprylic acid, that's what we have in ours. That's the best form of MCT that most turns into ketones. Okay, however, like the whole point of this MCT is that you want to induce your body to make ketones. I think that's great. I would say also if you want ketones, like we basically figure out a better way where you can just directly drink the ketone. Like you can have your calories from MCT mm-hmm. and then you know some amount of that gets turned into ketones. Cool, great you can have on top of it or instead of it you can have like like alongside your bulletproof coffee if you want instead of waiting an hour or two hours for the ketones to start getting produced and it's going to be a relatively lower level of ketones you can also jump start the engine by also drinking a a ketone so they're they're is like cousins MCT, is yeah. MC, is it 
where where else is MCT derived from in in food sources, or is, is like where where does one find MCT? It's a lot in coconuts. Like you hear about it, I think it's mainly from coconuts. I think you can get it from palm as well. Mm. There, a lot of people use it as an ingredient in different stuff. Like you can get peanut butters that have MCT. I'm a I'm pro MCT. I like I, I want to make sure that comes across. Like I think MCT is it's great. It's a healthy form of fat. It's a it's a fat that your body can turn into ketones easily. It's great. My my one comment there is just like if if the point of eating an MCT is to make your body make ketones, like the state of the art has advanced from that, where you can also just drink a ketone directly. Like we we figured that part out too. We'll take a moment and share an exclusive offer only to Align Podcast listeners. That is a free bottle of Masszymes from Buy Optimizers. Masszymes is a powerful, best-in-class enzyme supplement that improves digestion, reduces gas and bloating, and provides relief from constipation. After you take Masszymes, you may notice that you no longer feel bloated after meals and that your belly feels flatter. And if you have a leaky gut, Masszymes could reduce gut irritation and help you absorb more nutrients. Like I said, this free bundle offer, it is a bundle because they're also including three books, uh, Sick to Superhuman, Ultimate Carnivore Cookbook, and Plant-Based Delights. There are absolutely no strings attached. You get your stuff, you pay for shipping, and uh, that's it. That's all. So you can go over to massazymes.com slash alignfree. That's M-A-S-S-Z-Y-M-E-S dot com slash alignfree to get your exclusive free product bundle. I think you guys are going to really enjoy this stuff. I really love using Masszymes myself. I have it sitting in my refrigerator now, and I use it quite regularly. I think it's great stuff, and you get it for free. So enjoy that massazymes.com slash align free. I have a couple of questions, actually. The first one is, I wonder what the naysayers are saying, because I'm not I'm not deeply steeped enough in the ketone conversation to know what the naysayers are saying. And, and maybe there are no naysayers, but like, is there some folks like my my general suspicion of things in general, you know, across the board of anything. If something is produced endogenously, I'm kind of like, well, are we maybe going to run into some issue in five years, 10 years, 15 years? We're like, aha, like now we, we learned that it actually was be way better for X, Y, Z reason for you to just allow your body to do that. Is there any, but that's me coming just generally being like an old carmudgeony, suspicious old man. And it's, it doesn't always serve me to have that mentality. But, but I wonder, are, are there naysayers with any like, credibility out there kind of poo-pooing on the concept of endogenous or exogenous ketone usage yeah i would say I would, what you're saying i would point to is the general like lindy argument like like yeah my grandma didn't drink ketones why do i need ketones and that's the the personal yeah. question of like i don't know your grandma also didn't use the internet like what what do you want to like incorporate versus nine i i, I would say like don't jump on everything just because it's like new and novel it's maybe it's dumb like maybe nine out of ten new novel things don't need to exist but there are certain things that that do pass muster. That is okay. That's actual like material innovation. It's helping us. I, it's helping us to be who we always were, who, who humans always have been, but in like this new modern way. Like ancient humans spent a lot of time with elevated ketones. I feel solid on that. And okay, this thing is helping me to do that. Cool. Like it's it's like it can be a continuation of the old, and it's not just this like random. It's not like this random new innovation. It's like a innovation that's a continuation upon. The old, as yeah. far as naysayers, okay, like the, the top naysayer comment is, is that 
ketones have calories in it. So this is not making me burn weight. I'm doing the keto diet so I can burn, I can burn my fat. I want to be burning fat when I drink ketones. That's adding calories into my system. I'm doing the ketogenic diet. I want to raise my ketones because that means I'm burning fat. Drinking a ketone seems to go opposite to that. That's the main negative I hear when I hear negatives. My that sounds so stupid. My well, my response to that is like everything you're eating is calories. Like, it's like neg 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 yeah, it's like neg it's like yeah, that's like, <laughs> like a problem with food in general. Yeah, like if you're eating keto diet, you're still eating avocado and eggs and bacon and MCTs and butter and like everything's calories and like ketones are interesting because I mean the whole ketogenic diet in general is interesting about it, but ketones in particular is like it's more satiating per calorie. There was this really interesting study done when you drink ketone, they 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 had two research groups that were doing two, two participant groups in the same research study that were one was drinking ketones the other was drinking the same amount of calories but from sugar and the ketone group was significantly more satiated with the same number of calories and they showed an objective reduction in ghrelin the hunger hormone so what i would say is like yeah like if if you're drinking ketones they do have calories 100 percent. like we put it on the back of the bottle like there's calories in it but that those calories are very appetite suppressing and it's the same reason why steak is more appetite suppressing than like a bowl of frosted flakes that like having something not all calories are the same certain types of calories can be it can very much interfere with your hormone system and make you addicted and they're designed to be that way by the modern food system others are deliberately more satiating yeah that's i mean that's a weird thing for especially from the keto community considering fat has dramatically more calories <laughs> per gram than than carbs and protein i think it's like nine nine to four yeah would be the the, the relation of that and and something something else and we'll wrap up soon the the in ingesting ketones they are not insulogenic on their own and that they're producing insulin as a product of of eating them or is that incorrect correct so could you essentially essentially could you you can you can take ketones in the morning and it wouldn't break a fast that is even though there are calories, right? That's where I, confused. I, I'm, confu I, I'm confused. I'm confused. No, I would be, I would be, I want to be very clear on it so that no one's like barking at you or me afterwards. It's like I think that it is a fast continuation. However, if you want to be technical on it, ketones do have calories in it. So if you're saying, hey, anything with a calorie breaks my fast, and yeah, ketones break your fast. But the reason I would say that they don't break your fast, or like potentially are a crutch to help you with your fast. Maybe they're like a, a spare tire that you sort of use. Then like maybe it breaks your fast a little bit, but it's okay. Is that they're non-insulinogenic. They're not spiking your blood sugar. They're not spiking your blood insulin. So when you are fasting, a big benefit that you're getting out of it is you're giving your body a chance to chill out on the consistently elevated blood glucose, consistently firing your insulin. And if that's the point of your fasting, then I would say, yeah, if you're if you're fasting, you're starting to feel a little bit tired and you want to pick me up, like, don't go have a Snickers bar. Don't go have a can of Coke that like if you if you're really like dying and bonking on your fast, having a, a sip of ketones is the least worst thing that you can do. And it's arguably actually beneficial, like doubling down into the goals of what your fast are. But, but I mean, just to be clear on the issue, it's like, it is some calories. So if you're trying to like, Hey, I want zero calories. I want to make sure my body's doing like 
maximum autophagy and like consuming as much of its own internal calories as possible. Then I would say, hey, like be hardline about it. Like any calories you're adding into the system are are not good or are not, you know, not additive to that stated goal. But we see a lot of people just like very basically in our in our community, we see a lot of people that just wake up in the morning and have a have ketones and then use that to roll their intermittent fast through till lunch. That's like pretty normal yeah. way people use it. And what another common dispute around the whole like like keto dogma is that it's not very natural to just be in a state of ketosis for 365 days a year like you're probably if you're in alaska you're an inuit and you're eating baby seals or whatever you know for some 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 period of time you're going to be eating just a lot of fat and protein uh hope maybe not baby seals yeah you know, full-grown adult you know, soon to transition out of their their present incarnated form seals. Yes. <laughs> You're consuming those calories for X amount of months or whatever it may be. Eventually some time will come or you might, you know, stumble upon some, you know, honey or berries or yeah. you know, what whatever. Things start flowering and blooming and you're starting to get some more carbs. It's it's strange concept to just stick your body into a state of ketosis all the time. What are your, your thoughts on that? And then, and then also within that, I think having metabolic flexibility is a common kind of buzzword to throw around. Um, I think that there's, that we can kind of, I, I question, because I'm so not an expert in relation to nutritional stuff, uh, I, I question if we can kind of, upon treating ourselves ex excessively preciously, which is a term I borrowed from Laird Hamilton and, and, and friend Andy Galpin. Um, so by being excessively precious with ourselves, we end up kind of, becoming like atrophied in a sense in our capacity to adapt to various different nutritional situations or to be able to drink a beer every now and again or have you know like just experience life you know i, I think that there's there there can be a certain limitation that comes as a product of our restrictions is that what are, you, what are your thoughts on that it reminds me kind of of the like like when you go to the gym and like the gym is too nice and it's like air conditioned and like perfect and everything it's like eucalyptus tiles yeah. like yeah, you're missing out on on the hermetic stressors yeah. of like just like There's, life you know like this is too soft you're being a bitch yeah like okay here i'm on my treadmill at equinox <laughs> i'm a eucalyptus like fuck that shit like i'm running barefoot and i just got attacked by a rattlesnake yeah. and i see coyotes all the time it's like yo that shit's like yeah. like i'm out there There's a lot of adaptive yeah. capacity in that yeah yeah yeah. so there i think it's really funny like excessively precious um what are we trying to do we're trying to be a good human at the end of the day not just trying to like get a good number on the treadmill yeah and then at, and just mm -hmm. feel i think i think i think being adaptive is 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 feeling secure and feeling fulfilled and feeling content and feeling responsible in the sense of like being able to respond yeah you know so i think that there's there's a deep gratification that comes as a product of um, developing your capacity to to be a more adaptive human. Yeah. To talk on a couple of the items that you mentioned, full keto or not, and metabolic flexibility in general, ketogenic diet, full ketogenic diet has its place for certain people. I don't do full ketogenic diet. I don't advocate it for your average person. It has its spot because some people feel amazing on it and i don't know what to say like if they if that's just like you just feel amazing when you never eat carbs like go for it some people are able to just do it forever they feel amazing other other folks are doing ketogenic diet because it's on doctor's orders there is an adjunct treatment to their cancer therapy like they're undergoing radiation on a regular basis and they want to their doctor or nutritionist is saying do full keto diet that 
there's this time and a place for full ketogenic diet. However, I don't think that there's a case that ancient humans were were there. Like as you were saying, like in that ancient context or modern context, like that on the savanna, on the ancient pre-civilization world, like there was still, yeah, there wasn't a big gulp, but and there wasn't Reese's peanut butter cups, but there was still like berries and grains. Like there was some carbs around. But at the same time, there's also like weeks of starvation. And there was a lot of time where you were you did have elevated ketones because there weren't carbs available. So I think it's this modified cyclical thing. And this is when you talk to like Peter Atia and Mark Sisson, a lot of but a lot of I think the more up-to-date thinking on it is more of this like cyclical keto, which is like spend t- some time with elevated ketones, like do an extended fast now and then, like don't eat sugar that much, right? Like spend more time with elevated ketone levels. That seems to match the ancient context. And it also lets you live life. As you said, it's like, I want to be metabolically flexible. I want my body to know how to make ketones, how to metabolize ketones. But I also want to be able to have a beer sometimes. I also think humans have been drinking beers for a hundred thousand years. So I think it's, it's okay to not be dogmatic, like to, like, I don't think you have to pendulum swing all the way. I don't think you have to look at the standard American diet and say, Hey, this is terrible. It's way too much sugar. Therefore zero sugar is my answer. It's like, there is a middle ground or I don't know if it's right dead smack in the middle. It's, I think it is more towards the, the keto end of the spectrum, but you can still have like some berries. You can still have a beer or a pizza. Like I wouldn't have a pizza for lunch every day, but it's like once, twice a week. Like I, I, yeah. I think if you're living an active life, like you're fine, like you're, you're fine. Yeah, I think it's a, it's a lot just like excessive specialization in anything. If if you've exclusively only ever swang a golf club, you know, and like that's all you've ever done, yeah. you're going to be limited when some suddenly people want to play ultimate frisbee. Yeah. And so from a nutritional perspective, if you've only ever eaten one type of food, there could potentially be some limitation when suddenly that food doesn't exist. And you don't have the enzymes and the bacteria and, and you know, the, the microbiome to be able to actually process yeah. this new information that we call food. Yeah. And so I think that there is definitely something in like, just, you know, don't be so much, such a bitch. <laughs> yeah. Like don't be, don't be a giant dweeb about it. Like, yeah. yeah. Calm, calm down. Yeah. Yeah. Calm down. Yeah. You know? <laughs> All right. The, so I want to ask a final question that we'll we'll place in the Align community that can be found at alignpodcast.com slash community. There's over a thousand people in there now. We just started a few weeks ago, which is very exciting. We share content like this. So my question for you that we'll go over there is, so you are, you're like a, you're like a big deal runner. You you do like, like average six minute miles in in marathons. Is that correct? Yeah, that's right. That's insane. So congratulations. Well done. So I wonder with you, what have you stumbled upon as far as concoctions to be able to keep you going like that? I know, I know that, is it like a, like what's, what's your go-to concoctions to be able to run 26 miles at six minutes per mile? Hope you guys have dug this conversation. If you would like to hear this response to this question, you can jump over to alignpodcast.com slash community. It is absolutely free to join. It's a place where we can communicate with each other and also share content that we are not sharing anywhere else. So jump over to alignpodcast.com slash community to learn more. I really appreciate you making time to break all this stuff down. It's something that I've been very interested in for 
a while and I've kind of done my own kind of like tacit exploration into into what's going on here. But yeah, I'm, it's it's I think it's a, it's an interesting new frontier in a way. And uh, yeah, I just really appreciate you breaking it down. And then the ketone IQ stuff. It's very interesting. Like I'm really genuinely excited about using it, which I would not expect for myself to say something like that because I've tried a lot of ketone things in my life. Not that many, but you know, a handful. And I've always been kind of like, taste too weird. I don't get it. I'm not into it. And I didn't really feel that different upon using it. There is something very special about this that it does almost immediately, like you mentioned, like a cup of coffee, create this new level of cognitive clarity and kind of like a clean sensation of energy burning that is very it's very interesting you know so i i'm, I'm grateful that you've that you've created it or you know you and your team or scientists or whatever the heck so thank you i just i think that's that's rad that we have people like you that exist in the world you know doing work like this uh where's the best place to point people from here yeah, and thanks so much for having me on and helping unpack this and asking really smart questions. I'm sure we're on the minds of a lot of listeners too. So this, this is a lot of fun. Thanks for the platform and the opportunity. It's good. It's good. Yeah, it's. I think it's good to go into something and, and not know what the hell is going on because it get, it presents the opportunity to ask questions that it's like, oh yeah, let's like, it's like you said in the beginning, like the, like the stupid smart question. Yeah. I think, you know, I might have a lot of stupid, stupid questions, but... <laughs> You know, it's it's a lot of things where I'm just like, how does how does that? Oh, work? it's the same. There's no there's uh, no stupid questions, just stupid people. <laughs> um, so thank you so much, and so people can check out HVMN. What does HVM stand for? Yeah, it's Health via Modern Nutrition. So you can you can check out HVMN.com. You can Google us. Our product is called Ketone IQ. You can find me on social media. I'm at BDM underscore Runner. Twitter, Instagram, hit me up. Love to hear from people. Say hello. And I'd, I'd imagine, I'd imagine uh, if we do have a discount code for people to try, which I would, I would really highly recommend people try at least a bottle of, of this stuff and see how it affects your own life. I presume it is, what's, what's your website? HVMN.com. HVMN. I presume it's HVMN.com slash align is my guess. I'll, I'll reconfirm in the outro. Cool. I'm just appreciative that there's people like you out there. So thank you all for tuning in. Thank you so much for engaging this conversation. Michael, I appreciate you. And I'll perhaps see you in, in Austin. Yeah, yeah, let's link up. This is fun. All right, that's it. That's all. Thank you all. Peace out. Hope you all enjoyed that conversation. I am very excited and grateful to feel more caught up on ketosis and ketones and ketone esters and metabolic flexibility and all of these terms and concepts that seem very popular these days. Michael was kind enough to leave us a discount. If you guys want to try their ketone esters you can go over to let's see i'm gonna pull it up it's the code is align 20 so you can go over to ketone-iq.com and then you can get a 20 percent discount they also have 100 money back guarantee so if you don't feel a difference then just get your money back thank you guys once again for tuning in thank you for doing you uh, and uh, we'll see you next week